Mia, Navis, Volatanus, Aguilus, Tana Est, and welcome to the youth political podcast that is Politbabble, where this week it is all about the EU. I'm Oliver, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Archibald, as well as today's guest panelist, Ailish. Hello, Ailish. Hello. Yeah, so we're back today, and if you did wonder what my opening was, it was, uh, I am in a hover, my hovercraft is full of eels. Yeah, slightly obscure. Uh, but yeah, welcome, Elish, to the wonderful podcast that's political. Thank you. Yes. Nice to have you here. Uh, so I, we do come to the most important questions we ask all our guests. If you were a cake, what cake would you be? I thought that was what the cake question meant, and I thought about it, and I have decided that I would be a lemon drizzle cake. Ah, I mentioned that last week, didn't I? <laughs> did, Oliver. Did any reason why? Yes, because I think um, I can be sweet, but I can also be a bit sour, and I can have an edge to me, and I like to um, stand out, we should say. That, that's exactly what I said. I must say, that, that is an excellent drizzle. answer, Thank I must you. say, yes. I got up to anything fun the past week? Or I've been working... Roughly? So not really, no. No. Unfortunately, yeah. no. No. How about you, Oliver? Um, not particularly, no. Just the standard, being off school. <laughs> I, I, I'm the opposite. I'm on school. I'm the only one here still uh, te- yeah, enrolled in school uh, to do uh, the joyful of learning. But yes, I suppose it does uh, bring us to this week's topic which i am now playing the eu anthem i didn't know they had an anthem until i researched it and it's based on beethoven's ode to joy mm-hmm. um and we addressed the question of this week is the eu a broken institution so oliver what is the eu well uh, the eu is the european union and it is a political and economic uh, union which consists of i think 20 something countries 27 i think yeah, yeah. I, th- I think i'm not quite sure i should know that i think it is 27 because yeah. yeah. the uk left Bre- mm-hmm. on the brexit issue which i'm sure we'll come to but its origins i think started from the, the original idea after the second world war kind of having this union these things european coal uh and kind of economic area they moved to the eea which is european economic area and then the eu which is kind of what i call a, it's a bloated uh, bureaucratic union but i'm sure we'll have plenty of separate views about that so we do we do some it's, it's kind of we should all we all know what the eu is it exists in our lives it exists existed on our passports until last year as uh, the european union on the front of our lovely burgundy passports which is now blue <laughs> so we do. You have to, to get that in, didn't you? You have to, had to, get, to include had to get the blue passport. Blue passport. Yeah. So what do we think? I think as a funny question. What do we think of blue passport? Oh, not much particularly. Are you talking about just a blue passport? Yeah, or... the blue passport. Or maybe what it can I, entails. Well, I'm yeah. I my passport's currently out of date, so I need to get a new one. So. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be getting a beautiful new blue passport because uh, I have an Irish passport. Ah, nice. Ah, Which are, are they black? Are they? they are, I think they're still burgundy. I think they're burgundy, ah, yeah. Right. But they have um, they have a different symbol on the front. I think there's a shield or right. some sort of I thought was, animal. 
I thought it was like I always viewed it as oh, a it's harp. harp. Oh, it's a harp. It's a harp. It's a harp. I thought it could have been a shield. I just just right. I, nope. I don't it's know. a harp. It's You're harp. right. There we are. You're correct. Oh. So will that make it easier for you to travel around? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. But but does so. The UK leaving, I know going off, I always say this, going off on a bit of a tangent, but does the UK leaving the European Union have an effect on me with an Isle of Man passport? I suppose so, yes, because you're, you're, you're still holding a British passport. Mm. So when you go to the EU, you, you're obliged by the agreement. But I think it's still, we just can't go and... I've not travelled to the EU, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Well, un- unfortunately, because of COVID, so I couldn't tell you the experiences of it. But I think it's, it's generally pretty similar to what we did have before. We just can't obviously work, don't have a right to work for so long in the EU. Yeah. We don't have a right to indefinite leave to mm-hmm. remain, which is quite interesting. Um, but obviously, we do come to the key point of Brexit. So, what, mm-hmm. also you, what are your views on the, the, the Brexit? It kind of is the epitome of. Why the UK left because I suppose fifty one percent of the uh, roughly fifty one percent of the population thought that the EU was kind of broken institution for the United Kingdom. He heeded our kind of view, and the other forty nine disagreed and thought we should remain. And so, what are your views, firstly, on on Brexit, English? Well, um, I am of the belief that we should have stayed in the European Union. Um, and the actual subject of Brexit itself and how it started is quite interesting, I think, um, as David Cameron didn't even want to leave the EU himself. But um, to please his party members, he decided to have a referendum, which fueled just more and more Euroscepticism, which kind of just propelled this whole idea of Brexit and how we should leave. Mm-hmm. That's then, my belief. And then he resigned, didn't yeah, he? Because then, he couldn't, he didn't want to have to fulfil yeah. the negotiations. And then you had yeah. Theresa May come in. I tried two times and I could not do it. And then obviously mm-hmm. Boris came in and Boris, you know, wanted to get the job done. Yeah. Um, uh, Boris, yeah. yes, he used his uh, skills to get on mm. British <laughs> negotiation. If you, I'm sure you know what you've heard of yeah. Wiffwaff. And shall, obviously, yeah. it. it you know, he said a few times, it's going to be done by this date, and it didn't happen. Mm. But that, that was mainly to do with the Parliament, and then he said, well, we're mm. having a... Le- the UK government is really odd. You had, you had lots of remaining within the UK Parliament saying, we don't want to leave the EU. So they would keep on blocking these deals. So it's quite interesting. There was that view in the political community at the time that the EU was this good institution. I suppose that's now changed since the election. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more Eurosceptic MPs in saying... Obviously, get Brexit done was a key message there. Mm-hmm. So, what? Obviously, do you, I guess you think the EU is kind of? Is it, do you think it's a good institution on the whole? Do you think it's failing or? I think I the, the tough question. It is a difficult question mm. because in some areas, definitely, um, the EU doesn't work. But in other areas, I think it was a really good idea. I think at the I think the the foundation of it was. A good thing at the time and I think that somehow along the way over time um, the idea of it has completely changed and it has become a little bit more corrupt so for me I think the issue lies in the EU itself and how we have to sort it out rather than how we should exit because I think there could be so many repercussions from Brexit. Ah, so it's, it's more it's more focusing on kind of fix. I, I can agree. Yeah. I can agree to principle. The, the original part of the EU is kind of using that European unity to stop mm-hmm. another European war. Because yeah. obviously Germany invaded France, mm-hmm. and there's, there's quite there's always been a lot of European tension throughout yeah. throughout history. 
Britain and France famous enemies within, mm. within that. I said you did kind of solve that in in a way by trying to smooth over these tracks. Yeah. But I think I personally don't view. I I think it's gone too far that it can be re- reformed. We see mm-hmm. kind of I suppose the uh, European medicines med- medicines agency kind of I suppose kind of brought that to attention because yeah. the European medicines agency was quite slow in vaccination. Obviously, if we'd remain part of the EU. Uh, we've seen kind of the benefits of having independent nations being able to make their own policy decisions on vaccination or medical use. And we can say, actually, we're going to approve this vaccine with our own regulator. We're going to get in, put in our own order separate from the EU because we're not in the EU. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's proven to be success. I suppose that's quite and an I interesting su- I suppose viewpoint. with the And I suppose with the European Union, it's this idea of, you know, although it's a union, it doesn't... And they're trying to say, we're all together in this, you know... Um, is that the UK was a, a major contributor to the, the budget of the EU mm-hmm. and actually paid a lot more than other countries. And I suppose that's another reason why you know they wanted out of it. But it just shows that, you know, you've only got to look at, you know, the, the COVID jabs is being in the EU isn't always a positive, you know, for we're, we're in this together, it's going to be okay. Um on your own you can do things well but then there's other things you know i hear hear all the time from people oh yeah that's because we've left the eu you know that mm-hmm. the, there are we are seeing starting to see everyone thought at first mm-hmm. when we were going to leave the eu there'd be catastrophic um events to happen and you know the country and, would explode yeah, well, well, well <laughs> yeah. not only that we'd we'd find major problems obviously we did have the big um lorry build up didn't we yes you that, know, that was um, the motorway turned into a lorry but at an airfield as well mm. uh, airport just the whole runway was just truck a block with lorries it, it, i must say regardless of its obviously awful implications it did create some good photography <laughs> the, the, there's, there's always the, there's always the the, uh, the horrible thing there's always the horrible thing about kind of all horrible events they do usually create some quite amazing photography because it never happens mm. you can then take these amazing pictures um but I think I said that that does that does prove kind of key aspects of kind of switching over models. So I suppose the EU does have it's obviously that that shows its kind of its benefits within the union is having that freedom of trade, although it does kind of limit its system uh, kind of negotiating with other countries. So we saw success of the EU today, where kind of Biden uh, for the US and the EU they suspended their tariffs over um, different Airbus supplements, kind mm. of. It, subsidies from the government from the eu and then mm. boeing subsidized by the us those arguments that that was kind of solved so i think there's there's i would argue there's it's i would argue on the whole it's a broken system because there's a lack of democracy within yes it. lots I'd, of them are yeah. bureaucrats yeah. who aren't elected by the, the member states but i can agree with you in, in principle that there's that, that kind of egalitarian view that mm-hmm. we have that unity brought together through europe mm-hmm. i think that's that's interesting yeah um mm. One thing that I'd like to sort of say is how they have, um, there's a big thing, a positive you could say from the European Union is with human rights and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, I think I'm right in saying that um, the Isle of Man was forced by the European Human Rights Convention, you know, to legalise or to decriminalise in 1991 um, the homosexual you know homosexuals yeah, yeah. um sort of problem that was going on there yeah um, um yeah and it's all about the fundamental human rights that the but the... He, here's where the eu gets a really 
interesting because there's actually two there's two institutions which we associate with the EU. We associate the things like the European Court on Human oh, Rights. Oh, sorry, and am the, I? And, and, and the European the uh, e, uh, ECHR. Which I was, I was going to say, rights. are they? Are they? They're not the same thing, are they? No. The European Union is, is really is really odd. And this is still it's the Council of Europe is the original body formed, mm-hmm. which kind of was the UK is still in, and that kind of is a body of unity. I've, I've only just remembered to mention this. There's a European, the Council of Europe, which they all sit on and kind of discuss. And then that has the ECH, so that's the European Court of Justice and all of that, which is in separate, the separate entities from the EU. And then the EU provides like a economic, it's almost like an economic trade block and then immigration block. It's really, so, really odd. So they are not joined no. or, they, or they're not no, I mean, no. not in any way connected yeah, yeah. so I do apologise that I was incorrect <laughs> well, I think they're, they're, they're slightly but I suppose it's a good thing to learn because other people might have the same have the same uh, idea yeah. same idea but um, but the European Court of Justice then is EU legislation yeah. which is why this is why I, it's I all think, bureaucracy isn't it yeah. you know that's why I take an interesting view. I, I'm I'm not at heart anti. I don't think anyone's anti Europe within it, mm. but it's, it's kind of anti the EU establishment. I suppose mm. you, you might agree. There's the there's the EU establishment which is separate from kind of the USWACs because there are USWACs at the EU. You mentioned them already. I think that there there's certainly something interesting. About so that. I'm right in saying that um, don't they don't doesn't the president of the EU change um, every six months something to give countries um a fair fair balance in in leadership of it um, um i'm pretty sure it's every six months yeah uh, which is a weird, weird thing to do isn't it i do th- this is why i'm not so keen on it. i do see the positives behind it but i do feel like it oh, does right. disturb just, ignore me it's just six months it's, yes yeah but that, that that yeah that's that's the president of the council right so they have two separate yeah. bodies the council so, is unelected by the people mm-hmm. and the parliament's elected by the people it's it's again it's heavily I think over bureaucratic that kind of opposes the kind of mm. failings of it because but it was un- it, yeah and I suppose it's now gone into this thing where um, it's well you've you've had the sort of thing when it was it was just it was to create peace and it was to create mm. fair economic balance and all this but but why is it that you think we should have stayed like what are the the, mm. the reasonings like what are the main factors to sort of make you think this is why we should stay because mm. i've sort of mentioned a few positive and negatives and yeah. obviously not all of them being right but um well one of the main positives i would want to talk about was um the trade links you've mentioned mm. that before and you've also mentioned how now we can trade with um, the us for example however i think it's important to mention um just how great the trade links were between britain and europe and they were so good in fact that they reduced the cost of living for each person living in the UK buy a hundred pounds every single week, which is good. That is amazing. And you look consider. at obviously we've got the the vaccines, which is positive mm-hmm. on on our behalf, and obviously the Isle of Man getting an equal share of the uh, on percentage rate of of the UK. But mm-hmm. meats is another thing, which yeah. has uh, gone up ridiculously. Um, I I, ha- I have an interesting question point to p- propose there because yes. I there, yes there is there is kind of economic arguments for the EU the EU trade a lot with us we mm-hmm. trade a lot with them so we do have a Brexit deal which does kind of help with that that trade agreement but there isn't I think any discernible economic impact if if you look at the at least the IMF IMF data it doesn't show kind of that macroeconomic impact on Britain at least 10 years afterwards we, we won't really be seeing that impact and it is a lot uh, of focus kind of on kind of widget economics because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's focusing on the tangible trade we see in the modern world kind of the 
exposition more towards the trade of data. So data and all the stuff in the cloud, which I it utterly make, it just confounds me mm. uh, how how this data is now is kind of the new trading thing. We don't trade cloth. We don't trade uh, food as much. Well, obviously, food is really important, but to make the economy, it's all data. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily focus on that all the the data which is put out. Mm. So the models which were kind of projected are slightly different. But I think it's it's important to know we can still we are still getting a trade deal with the EU. Yeah. Which I suppose does kind of limit those those impacts from mm. it. Well, apart from trade, do you think there's any there's major other benefits? Well, on a personal level, um, mm. travel for me. Mm. Of um, course, that, that is. Yeah, yeah it's all it's always going to be about travel. Yeah. People always want to travel. It's always going to be about travel. Um, so obviously, I'm studying in Belfast next year, and starting in September, and uh, I'm doing French. And with that, I get a year abroad mm. in France with the Erasmus program. However, because of Brexit, there have been a few. Um, I don't know difficulties. Difficulties exactly with this program, and will it e- will it even go ahead? Can I not spend a year in France on my course, and will I have to apply for a visa? To I suppose, and that's year? the whole thing because you're going for a year. Mm-hmm. If it was three weeks, if it was if it was six, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. if it was more than th- I don't know how, I think it's how nine, long. Nine months is there you the, go, mm-hmm. I think and that's the, probably why there is the yeah the the, the problems behind it. Ah, so I, I, sorry, I, I'm gonna be total uh, opposite to my usual views. I do, I do actually agree that mm-hmm. there, there is the, <laughs> and that's the what, there's one, the one major upside to the EU is travel. If I was, yeah. to, like, let's say, spend a year and I want to spend a, a gap year in France or working, that then becomes a lot harder because I have to apply mm-hmm. for work visa and all of that, um, it because it's more than nine months stay to apply yeah. for the visas. Uh, so I think it does. I agree. It does come a lot more complicated. And obviously, standing in passport lines, mm-hmm. uh, you get you, you get you get the, you get the joys of standing in a line for all passports rather than just for um, the EU citizens. Yes. Yeah. Though yeah. interestingly, when I when I go to like Spain, you, you go you go in and you stand in line. I always want to go in the all passport line because it looks shorter. <laughs> but what you don't realise is there's loads more checks with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would say. Spending a year in France does sound lovely. They have mm. very nice food, nice wine, nice cheese. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yep. I suppose that that is the key. Mm-hmm. It would be more. Mm. It would be a lot easier if we had mm. remained, obviously. But you can't. You can't base that massive choice off a few students <laughs> who went to live in France for a year. But yes. um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think because even though mm. the UK wasn't part of the Schengen. Um, situation anyway it was always separate um, mm. and they, there was always loads more um, customs and difficulties that you had to go through for a European citizen living in Europe mm. to come to the UK um, but I have an interesting uh, question, question to pose do you think it's um, useful for our immigration system because uh, obviously with, the, with no longer being EU we don't mm-hmm. have to accept EU citizens so we've opened up, obviously, there's a new immigration system uh, of like, kind of the, I think it's a 10-point system or 100-point system. Mm-hmm. We have to get so many points and then you can yeah. come in like the Australia, Australia-style immigration. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes it maybe fairer for the, for the opening world? Because it opens the floor to literally anyone if it's criterion to come in. Yeah. I'm not too sure, to be honest, because um, obviously in an ideal world, I would like free movement of everybody to mm. go wherever they please but that obviously that can't happen um yeah. i think that this I, I i think it's one of those things you're just gonna have to wait and see what happens mm. because obviously a lot of um 
migrants come from they come through Europe yeah. and maybe they stay in mm, Europe mm. for a few years before they try and come to the UK and by that time everything is um, complicated for them and they, you know... <laughs> Sorry guys, just rudely re-interrupting <laughs> the studio again. Yes, Oliver definitely did not leave the studio. Um, <laughs> of course not. Yeah, no, I think it is interesting. I suppose we've all seen the years to come the, years to come, the uh, impact of immigration on our yeah. economy, etc. Um, I, I, I suppose my favourite part of talking about the EU is always is always the euro. I, I, I'm, fasc- oh, yeah. I'm fascinated by economics. So I, I did read a brilliant book uh, by Joseph E. Uh, Stiglitz. I can't pronounce his last name. He's a Nobel Prize winner in econo- uh, economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, in- very interesting. Um, but the EU is kind of that crooks where I think... Um, well, at least I, I personally believe it is starting to fail Europe because we see the cracks within at least the Greece crisis, Greece, yeah. uh, which went mental. And it's very heavily... The EU works, I can say, for countries like France, like yep, Germany, Germany, like yeah. Italy, where they are the main nations mm-hmm. of the EU. Yeah. It works for them. But and I they're all it, joined, aren't they? they all, so it makes it a lot well. easier. You know? But then you have the nations, let's say the smaller nations, you've got even Hungary. Yeah. Um, or like Czech, Netherlands. Czech, 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 no, Czech Netherlands Republic. is quite bad, uh, actually, yeah. yeah. Even the Netherlands is that impact where they have, they're controlled almost by these bigger nations. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's that's where I see the phases. Yeah. Phases in the, I'm always talk, talk, banging about democracy mm. now. Uh, yeah, I think it is, it is that's mm. an interesting feeling. So I suppose... What do you guys, do you have any opinions on the euro? I do. I I think it's an interesting one. I think that it's kind of one of those things that is so idealistic and everybody looks at it in like an ideal light mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously it was proposed so that um, you could, trade could be easier, movement could be easier, you know, there wouldn't be disparity with currencies within the union. However... The fact that it was based off the German economy, which has been so rich since the end of World War Two, was a, it was a stupid idea, it was, because obviously now you've got massive big economic gaps between places like Germany and then Greece. So I just don't think on that wide a level, hmm. with that range of different economies in the EU, that they should have introduced the euro. Hmm. Oh. Mm. And I, I, com- I completely agree with what what Ailish has said, you know, it's all about everyone on a le- level playing field. Yeah, and it just didn't happen from yeah. the start, did it? Mm. We have our lovely uh, kazoo incoming. I laugh at this every week. Yeah, it's so unexpected. Yes, uh, I, I like to. I like to surprise you. So we do have our Q and A from the desks of our listeners. We did pose to them the question: uh, Are is the EU a broken institution? We've got a variety of views. Uh, we got uh, a view from Sam, not not Sam, who was previously on the podcast, different Sam, who said, yes, look at their vaccine rollout versus the UK. That tells you all you need to know. Which I think is, is quite interesting. It's, it's kind of pulling on that, that vaccine. So I think he's always arguing that because there's almost that one bad, the, the one kind of major overriding factor that mm-hmm. that's kind of shows the, the fallacies within it. Liv has said, yes, it is. No questions. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Very to the point. Very to the point. Uh, we do have, uh, have another one from uh, Eleanor who says, yes, since COVID, the whole vaccination stuff has all been about politics, not the people. 
So it does appear like vaccinations is a key theme. I think it's, tra- it's trending in the news at the moment. Yeah, with, oh yeah. With those Can't vaccines. get away from it. Mm-hmm. Can't get away from vaccines. Even over here, which we will come on to later with our beautiful <laughs> because it, Manx politics yeah, section. We'll get, yeah, we'll get yeah. on to that. Um, but it's about people's freedoms at the yeah. end of the day. Mm-hmm. And Catherine has said no, and we are foolish to have come out of it. We have spent a lot more on Brexit than we would have done to stay in the EU. Just, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Fair I, enough I, point. I, I see a yeah. there. I like that. Firmly. I like the sound yeah. of that. <laughs> uh, Ryan says it's overstayed its welcome in European affairs, which I suppose it, it has. It's, it's been there quite a while in different forms, almost. Mm. I think it's almost it has become that giant body. Amitzi has just said, "Yeah, yeah." So. <laughs> so we've got a few straight to the point answers there, which are, it's quite nice to see a vast of opinion. So, so what do we think? Do you think at the end of the day, the EU is a broken institution? Yes, I do because I, I, I think the whole aspect on on individual countries having their own governance and making their own decisions is is sort of fundamental to an own country and having a, a a union that overrides it but is unfair to other countries that have to you know the UK was paying so much and so much a week even wasn't it it was it was in the billions i'm pretty sure however it was only one um, percent of what the government yes, actually yes, spends yeah, weekly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is that it, it, interesting that with 350 million figure yeah it's quite it, it's quite fascinating they were la- they were able to use that and not be deceiving anyone mm-hmm. because we do technically send 350 billion to the eu a week but because the budget set on a 10-year basis mm-hmm. and then yearly they have rebate we don't actually. We don't actually send that much. Even though I'm, yeah. even though I'm further Brexit, I will admit we don't actually yeah. send uh, 250, yeah. 250 million. Yeah. Um, and then you've got other points which I'm just thinking of now, and I've just forgotten. Um, Helpful when that happens. But I suppose it's yeah, it's it's yeah. I'll move over to Eilish. I've forgotten what I was going to say. I might come back come to it. Come back later. It's brain frog. <laughs> I would say it's a breaking institution, but mm. it's still mm. fixable, salvageable at this point. Um, but I think maybe after Britain's gone, I don't think it's as salvageable, mm. as, salvageable as it was before. Mm. So, yeah, that's I, my... I can, I, can, so I can actually sympathise slightly with that view. Though there is, there is obviously the possibility that it can go yeah. in. It's, it's currently, I'd say, broken, mm-hmm. but... It can, at the end of the day, save it by reforms. I think there's yeah. always an ability to reform, yeah. but I don't think that reform needs the UK. I'm <laughs> I strong. I, I rather like uh, the idea of a blue passport. So uh, I think I think we'll leave it at that. Anything else, Oliver? Or... No, I still can't remember what I was going to say. There was something there. But anyway, maybe in a future episode. We come to the historical figure of the week. Budasir, who was a um, queen of the British Celtic Iceni tribe who fought against the Roman uprising forces in the AD 60. I, I must say it's the first time we've had a female political figure of the week. So. Wow, I commend you both. Yeah. Well, well, done. well, it was Archie's decision. Archie <laughs> usually goes for the historical political figure of the week, but even for our episode on feminism, he still didn't wow, pick a... Wow, that's surprising. A, yeah. I did think he the... might have gone for Margaret Thatcher. But... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I must but... say, the, the temptation was there, but I thought I'd avoid controversy for I now. I think maybe your guest last week would have walked out. Yes, <laughs> maybe. possibly, possibly. Or even... Um, 
co-presenters, well, ex-co-presenters, they would have walked out most definitely. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I might have uh, been, uh, yes, killed from beyond the grave. Uh, yeah, so I think she, she's, she's definitely interesting. She's in that British, kind of a very British, I thought EU, we're talking about British sovereignty. Mm. In it. She's uh, that British fighting against the European uh, kind of Romans. Mm, uh, to, who, to, were to, who were kind just of, taking over the world, yeah. weren't they? You know. Uh, yeah. So I, I think Interestingly, in these bodices kind of rise to power, Celtic societies were more. Uh, it's interesting how the kind of the lapse between like matriarchy, patriarchy, all that happened. Celtic societies were actually pretty okay with women holding power. Their ladies could kind of participate in politics, which was again not really seen until we go to the uh, 1920s, obviously, the, mm. or, or before that when they had the suffragette movement with it. So, do you have any particular comments on Boudicca? Anyone else? I'm not very well brushed up on Buddhist here, to be honest. Oh. But I, I think it's great that you've included her. She mm, sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only comment I would have to add is, you know, for her for standing up for sovereignty is yeah. is, is a good way and and stop in and um, stopping the the Romans from taking over. But I think most unforgettable uh, feature about her was she had very vibrant red hair. I, yeah, I remember yeah. that from Horrible Histories, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The joys of horror, Horrible Histories. Yeah. And she, killed, she was very fierce. Yes. Which I think yeah. it was, was quite cool. Mm. So, I think, yeah, that, that probably rounds up our historical, a short uh, spree on the historical uh, figure of the week, which was, was, was I suppose, quite, 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 quite a nice one. So... We now move on to Isle of Man news and current affairs. So, uh, in the past week, we have seen that uh, Alan Shea praises the successful pride that we had at the weekend. Chief Minister Howard Quayle has been awarded a CBE. And the new roundabout, or should I say roundel. 32 declarations have been made for intention to stand or seek re-election in the 2021 Isle of Man general election. There's been a trip to Ireland for Isle of Man government leaders. The Beerman's review into the Department of Infrastructure and the lateral flow testing amongst young people on the island. Uh, and then for my international news, there was a G7 summit in Cornwall, there's a new First Minister within Northern Ireland and some major websites did go down. Yeah, that's my funky new uh, theme music. I tried, I've never had that before actually for our news. Yeah, oh, I like it. I, I, I think it gives a, a nice feel to it. Professional feel. Yes. Mm, yes. Uh, obviously a new uh, GB news channel, isn't there? Oh, indeed. Yes. forgot to mention that. Yeah, yes, I, GB yeah. News. I, I thought we'd yes. cover that um, at some point. Yes, indeed. I, I, I did think it has a bit of a... They tried to go with a formal sort of feel to it, but it's they're trying to make it informal aren't they they're trying to say oh we're going for different opinions and we're covering the stories that all that you know they're trying to make out that they're going to be better than every other news channel but what? I'm, I'm, I'm not too does. keen <laughs> yeah, well, yes yeah, yeah. yeah but 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 more than but more than ever i think i'll watch andrew's Neil's stuff and that's probably about it i'll, I'll, I'll tune in for yeah yeah anyway let's go back to our man news Indeed. and um the, the pride event um which happened at the weekend mm-hmm. i Pop down. There's well, well, I was performing, and it was. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't there for long, um, but the the atmosphere was was really nice, and it was great to see um, an alliance across the island, and mm-hmm. um, to see many um, businesses and um, people uh, in office to to sort mm-hmm. of to recognise this month as it yeah. is Pride Month as well. Um, I thought it was really special, and to. 
um, have Alan Shea praise it. And for, for Alan's um, work over the past 30 years, and mainly at the start of the 30 years, um, it is, is absolutely commendable. Um, Alan has, has really fought for, 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 what is, uh, for how far we've come. So uh, the Chief Minister, Howard Quayle, uh, awarded a CBE. Your thoughts, Archie? Oh, you know, I think uh, it's it's obviously uh, perfectly perfectly right that the exiting Chief Minister and leader of the Iron Man does receive some sort of decoration for his service because he has mm. been our Chief Minister for five years, regardless if you like him or not. I think it, it, it is nice to come commemorate our past Chief Ministers with something. I think that, that's quite good. In the UK, generally, I think... Um, unfortunately, Tony Blair, I think, stopped this because the Queen had a disagreement with him. Uh, usually they would get knighted afterwards and before that they get hereditary peerages. So I think it's quite interesting uh, now uh, Tony Blair kind of halted that because the Queen didn't mm-hmm. want to knight him. And it's precedence. She can't then knight the others. So um, that's quite interesting. Just in the distance as well, uh, we can see just about to Broadway where the new Roundel is. Um, <laughs> mm, much yes. featured in social mm. media this week. Uh, many sort of satirical posts about it as uh, michael joseph said it's a wonderful advert for noah bakes house's cinnamon smells yes <laughs> yeah well we'll just have to see how it goes but here as the minister has said it's here for the long run so i suppose we'll just have to deal with it um Ailish, you you and i both we both drive I was so, so, ask... I said, how do you know how to get round it when it comes well, out most people, on no the Alaman, most people on the Alaman don't know what a roundabout is <laughs> that's so true that's so roundabout it's yeah. more of a uh, go Leap over, over. About, over yeah about. go over i have over a feeling about. it'll be more easy to manage than quarter bridge at rush hour sometimes mm. so i think mm. i will grasp it or maybe i'll just watch someone else do it and then i'll figure out how to do I it i think i just a park somewhere stand stand yeah. there watch what people do yep. but it's really odd they cut back on they cut back because they didn't want to open on time mm-hmm. it's originally going to be paved with stone and i thought that makes sense they're just like just spray painted white circles on it. It's just well, like a bit like maybe, maybe, hmm, um, maybe hmm. they are trying budget, to stick to the budget. Yeah. Well, it's already over. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, we, we will we'll then go into um, the Beerman's review. It says that seems quite apparent. Um, as talking about the Department of Infrastructure, um, it was basically that it needs to be broken up, and um, they need to sort of maybe create another department. Archie, your thoughts? Um, I'd I'd say it's it might increase efficiency. Yes. Um, because department is notoriously slow. I tried it to get is. some data. I was trying to. They said uh, when I was doing the student fair campaign, uh, trying to get kind of reasonable rate for students. Uh, they said yes, we're happy for you to give us a fully costed proposal. I then asked, well, can I have the data I require to make this fully costed proposal because I need the data. It's not published. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Um, we'll go and give it to you. They just they they take so long and they're yeah. still I still not got even after chasing them, so I was tempted to do an FOI, but that then is even longer because because mm-hmm. oh, they find uh, they find a technicality for it or something. Course, it takes too much will. officer time. So what do you what do you think about the DOI? About the DOI? Well, my dad is actually um, chief health and safety manager for the DOI, ah, so, we can't so say I, can't, I can't speak too badly <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> about his job. <laughs> but, what um, the department is so big. There's yeah, lots of other exactly, areas you could cover. Exactly. Um, they are so slow, so slow. But I mean. They're taking a crack at it. That's you, you, all you I can say. Have an interesting dinner. But, but at the end of the day, the promenade is not actually. Although um, DOI mm. oversight it, there's a subcontractor which is Alden Construction, which do uh, the most part of the proms. Mm. So, 
not everything is held at the responsibility of DOI. No, but they yeah. do choose who yes. to employ. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, I think maybe there's a bit of a shortage for labourers that work for them, perhaps. Mm. Possibly, I would say the problem is taking the tourist long. Yeah. But I suppose we'll see the day when it's done, and it should, according to what the artist impressions are, it does look nice, to be yeah. fair. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I've seen the animations, mm. yeah. Um, I, but although uh, I did see a um, person that has sort of campaigned for the um, equality on buses about mm. being able to use um, a, a electric scooter thing. Oh, yeah. You know how his class is not approved and he's in a mm. big yeah, yeah. tribunal thing. And he posted some videos of him going along the prom and um, there was not many turning points for him to be able to get across the other side of the road. Um, so I suppose... Well, c- well cu- currently it is uh, pretty... Mm. And th- uh, there was one problem doctor. up at Summerland as oh, well with a big lamppost yeah, yeah. in the middle of the road. Don't we really remember that? But I don't know whether that's... Well, I, rarely, I rarely but... drive that way, to be yes. fair. Mm. But I will say, interesting, there's been 32 decorations for the intention to stand for general election mm-hmm. so far. And I think there's will be more yes it, i think it, last time there was, yeah last time i think there was 78 in the 2016 general election and mm. obviously in the by-election that we've had last year in august there was uh 10 uh, uh, candidates yeah. for for one we were for, originally for thinking time. we'd interview all, like, all the candidates and then we realized the 78 candidates yeah. it, it, it would be uh, um probably about 78 hours of worth mm-hmm. of trying to speak yes. to, like, to organize it all as well mm. so it's interesting do you think there's too is there a problem with having lots and lots of candidates do you think it's a good thing well no. obviously um sorry i just like i just, I just I, I, um, hello ailish <laughs> no ailish go first go first <laughs> I, I, I do only have one point to add but that'll be i was just gonna say that i think it's great i think um and a wider range like a wide array to um, choose from would be excellent because um, often we get a lot of the same type of people running for this in and out, you know, year on year. But I think that um, there's been a massive like influx in interest into Manx politics because of um, COVID. And, you know, you've got everyone, like even our age, watching the briefings mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. interested and suddenly knowing who everyone is. So I think that um, that's probably like compelled more people mm. to... Um, and hopefully it should drive kind of more turnout in the election. Yeah. Just across, across yeah. the board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be more um, my one point to make is that, um, before sadly interrupting you, <laughs> Anish, was that um, if we were to have an MP, mm-hmm. there would only be one. Uh, because an MP across has um, 80,000... And 100, eight, it's usually about 100. 100 yeah, yeah, lowest I think it might be is yeah. 80,000 constituents. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I don't think we'll ever... We've got a great parliament, so I don't think that would ever happen. No, there's no need for UK control. No, no. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so, the Chief Minister and uh, Dr. Alex Allenson, the Education mm. Minister's trip to Ireland. Archie, um, well, Anne Ailish, uh, have you got anything to add on that? Um, Archie, you go first. Well, I, I think it was, it was beneficial because mm. it's getting involved within the British yes, Irish, sh- Irish yeah, Council. Yeah, I should have summit, said that, yes. Uh, which kind of the whole point of it is to kind of discuss with other members. We saw, interestingly, 3FM posting about only only news website I could find, which was actually saying and they never outrage. Yes, and they never usually post things first. They usually no. wait for all... They usually pinch their news yeah. from other, yeah. other sources. Interesting, <laughs> inter- interesting, they posted just it. Gonna, it. Just going to put that We're out on Max Radio, the, the, the <laughs> nation station. Um, so... Interestingly, on their article, they posted a picture and it said, Chief Minister with Edward Poot's new G- GP leader. I looked at the photo 
and it's the Jersey Minister of External Relations because they didn't put the whole photo in on Twitter. Oh, right. I don't think I put the whole photo because it was Chief Minister, then the Jersey um, External Relations Minister, mm-hmm. and then Edward Poots. And I thought it was very fascinating. They cropped it so it looked like the Jersey <laughs> External uh, Minister was the new GUP I thought that was crazy mm-hmm. there's also been mm. um, many comments about um, Howard and Alex oh. in the room with Arlene Foster yeah uh, saying that uh, she, she shouldn't have met with them and there's outrage about the government having a pride thing on its logo but my, my main point is Arlene Foster at that point she's, she only stepped down on Monday was currently the first minister of Northern Ireland Edward I think that is his first name, I've got the rights. It was the new incoming DUP leader who kind of had control over who appoints us, who puts mm. forward to be approved for the new first minister. They are important people to have contacts with because they are our nearest neighbours and they're one of our Celtic neighbours. So I don't see any problem with having the meeting when you have the British Irish Council Summit. I thought it was quite interesting. Yes, well, I suppose people known for their quite sort of notorious, yes. e- quite extremist views. Which that he doesn't necessarily agree with. Yes, but, and you can yeah. and you will argue, as I know you will, freedom of speech and all that. But they didn't actually mention, obviously, there's also lots of photos with it being the British Irish uh, Council meeting. Uh, Michael Gove was there as well. Uh, yes, he's been yes. in the news recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about how about what do you think, Ash? About the um about the, the, the summit, yeah, yeah. Oh, the summit. The oh, summit, the, or the, tri- the, the trip, British trip. Ca- yeah. Oh, British yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Obviously, how the trip, yeah, yeah. The trip's part of it. Um, how it's sort of been. It's it's a great way for the Isle of Man to go on the on the stage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, I no, I think it's great. Mm. We're, we're getting a voice, you know, in places that maybe wouldn't really have a voice, and it's funny because um, COVID has kind of um turned this little island into something interesting if you know what i mean in a yeah, way it has yeah. and um we've had people jealous of the way that we've been living so i think it's great mm-hmm. um you know we've got mr quail going across with mr allison yeah I, I forgot to add that from that um from the the, the, the manx delegation were also asking um the uk about um the nhs the nhs app for oh, yeah. um was it? I don't think it was. Uh, it's it was, for fax, vaccinations. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was um, one of the the big aspects. Um, so yeah, um, I'll just go and have a look now, see if there was any more uh, points to raise. In the meantime, we did get news. I think it was today that they said there will be now um, from the twenty eighth of June that Tim will, will propose us tomorrow. So when this is out, you'll know if it's actually gone through or not. Mm-hmm. They're going to propose that from the twenty eighth twenty eighth of June, when the border is partially reopened, those who are fully vaccinated. Uh, and though and those under five can kind of come back and not have to isolate or kind of t- test with that and not have to isolate, yeah. they are free to move and now that freedom of travel. I find it fascinating because only children under five are exempt. Those from five to eighteen mm-hmm. can't currently be vaccinated unless they're in a completely yeah. vulnerable household who probably wouldn't be travelling anyway. So people like Oliver and I, we don't have our vaccines. Yeah. We won't be able to travel without the restrictions. But I think it's quite unfair. It's putting that limitation on the youth because they've said we can't, we're not going to vaccinate you yet the regulators have said it is safe for people like us to take it yeah mm-hmm. and there's also been this this mm. thing the whole time about oh it's covid's not even that bad for the youth so i don't know so, why, so why restrictors restri- <laughs> it, yeah the, the, there were so much restrictions on the elderly mm. yeah and you know 
it's because we're spreaders. It's because yeah. we, we get the virus, we don't show any symptoms, and we just spread it. And that's why they're now reversing their their opinion on lateral protests. And I shall now be lateral protested uh, <laughs> a weekly, I think. Uh, from Monday, they're introducing it in secondary schools. So at home, lateral protesting. So but, I get to stick so, a little swab up my nose and the back of my throat. But is uh, it compulsory or, you know? They haven't released details. They've not even said how it will be done. How I'll get my lateral flow test is it's been quite vague. As, as usual. Yeah. As usual. What, what's to <laughs> what be expected? What did we expect? <laughs> but we did see uh, this week the internet go down for, for, for certain uh, websites. It's kind of an internet provide. I don't know all the technical terms. It's like Cloudflare, if mm. you have any idea what it is. It's kind of to stop. Obviously, it's not Cloudflare. It's a different um, internet provider thingy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my technical terminology. Uh, my dad will probably you know correct me later um but going into the internet is kind of thing like cloudflare to stop kind of ddos attacks denial of service attacks where someone would spam your website request to then crash your website one of those went down so we saw websites like the guardian uh the spectator all all major news websites all just collapsed another kind of important website even the uk government website went down tragic for like 30 30 minutes to an hour um and i thought that just it does quite highlight the vulnerability of our internet do you know why archie it's because all these young people (laughs) that are supposedly not registering to get vaccinated (laughs) when they said when they said it was um the highest it's been throughout the whole um vaccination program yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's fascinating why it, 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 was, it, was, it was only the end of the in, in the internet provider person or company. I'm being very technical here, as mm. usual. Um, so I think it, it's quite key because we use internet on a daily basis. We're the youth, so we're almost... Mm. The millennials use the internet. They're always on their phones. But so it, is, it did make me realise how much I actually do use the internet in a day. Mm. I suppose you agree. Until, until there's a problem, you, you don't, don't, don't realise yeah. things. You yeah, know. like when there's a power cut and you're like, mm. well, the... Marvin 4G, the internet lines all just gone. And you think, crikey. Yeah. We even use it for everything. Even over here, apparently the Wi-Fi is so slow. Mm. And I'd never realise it. I'd never even think about it. And then I get people like my friends yeah, coming yeah. back from university. And they sat there and they're complaining. <coughs> the Wi-Fi is so slow. And I'm thinking, is, is it? I know. I, like, I, I, I upload something. And then you see someone and then upload. And it's like, how's it quick? And fibre's now already out. So I mm. should get fibre in June. Fingers crossed. Which I was very really excited about. Because it would like... Increase my internet speed by like ten over ten times. It's ridiculous. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, and I, and I, and I think the actual sort of um, sort of the the you don't realise until um, you go down onto three G and you're like, oh, this yeah. is what three G was like. Yeah, imagine two G. Yeah, and then GPRS before mm-hmm. that, and then pa- even like packet radio, and then the dial-up internet. Mm-hmm. I know my parents always say, "Oh, it's so, it's so fast compared to what we used to have." It's always <laughs> the oh, back in my day, it was. Uh, mm. but, it, but it will be for us. It soon will be for us. We've, yeah. we've seen basically um, the expansion the, of the internet yeah. in my mm-hmm. lifetime. They, I was born before there's an iPhone. Yeah, mm. that, that, I I don't even realise how actually short the iPhone's been around for, like just yeah. touchscreen phones. But when when iPads mm. were sort of introduced, you thought these have been around for like you know yeah, for yeah. ages. But mm. because we we were we, we were just had we've, we've had yeah. such great access to technology, I don't think people appreciate. Yeah, and it's and it's like Zoom and and sort of things like mm. that now. People wouldn't do meetings. You know, mm. people people would spend. They'd maybe have a phone yeah. in conference of anything. Yeah. But they didn't have but, video. But now, really? yeah. they'll be used a lot more. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so. And we'll come to the. Uh, it's a brilliant topic for our 
I which do. Comes later, which is related to the internet. Mm-hmm. And then we, our final item of news is the G7 summit ah. uh, in Cornwall, where we saw Boris uh, fly from London to Cornwall. It's, yeah. it's, I'm generally support Boris. Disgraceful. I think this is, it's, it's disgusting, crazy. isn't it? He's, uh, he's, he's flown from... Uh, yes, I agree for security. Yes, but you make a principle. I go on a train. I, think I work on the train. And he goes on trains other places. Yeah. Don't fly from London to Cornwall... Mm. If you're going to talk about the environment, if you're going yeah. to talk about other stuff, okay, I'm not going to say it's hypocritical, mm-hmm. but it is a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit mm. uh, kind of hypocritical there. And his excuse as well would, oh, it's not. It's zero carbon. I, I, I'm environmentalist, yeah, so exactly. I would say If you're going no, to attack me no. for taking the taking the plane to Cornwall, let me just remind you that we are leading in, you know. And we're a zero carbon and you, conference. And you are the yeah. prime minister. Yeah. Oh, you set the example. He sets the tone. That's he doesn't, right. and he yeah, he does set the tone for disgraceful yeah, behaviour. But if everyone but acted like him, wow, oh. he sets the tone for swimming in the sea very bravely. He just went. To, did you see the video of him swimming? He I went did. To, went for a, he, just, he just ran in and started swimming. I just thought oh. I couldn't. I'd be like, <laughs> step it. Oh, cold. And Cornwell, break though, yourself. Cornwall's quite down south. Though, this is it? probably yeah. warm. Yeah, it's yeah. still at this time of the year though. Mm, maybe, yeah, maybe, 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 yeah. maybe not. Yeah. yeah, lovely place though, Cornwall. Mm. Must say. Have you been? Yes, I have. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I must say, but they do. Put, I think put the jam and cream on the wrong way on the scones. Oh, do they? Yes. Uh, well, so it's cream first. Yes, yes. Yep. I always say it. I always say to people, well, you wouldn't put. Uh, maybe some people do. You wouldn't put jam on toast before you put, put butter, butter on. on. Yeah, yeah, that's my that so, so, so are we all in agreement? Cream first. Yeah. Well, oh. I actually normally have butter on my scones. Oh, I have yeah. butter and then I have some jam. No, but if you were to have cream, like if cross, I were to, cross cream. Yeah, it would be cream first. See, yeah. There we are. We've come into agreements on the podcast for cream and oh. jam ones, which is which is quite amazing. <laughs> and if you have a different view, don't let us know because you're wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. We come to the minutes of our programme where we take a break and let our wonderful guests talk to us about the TikTok takeover and the intrusion of social media in our society. Go for it. Thank you. So yes, I want to talk about TikTok, the new app that was, um, it's only been mainstream for about two or three years, I think, and already it has amassed around 700 million users on its platform which is quite astounding considering that facebook has been around for oh god like two decades maybe yeah and it's got 2.2 billion users but tiktok has only been around for a fraction of that time and it's on 700 million already wow it's insane to think of wow that is that is incredible it is do you do you both use TikTok? I do. I do. Yes. You yeah. do. I, I've seen some of your yeah. TikToks. Yes. Actually, I, yeah. I get the wonderful yeah. side of Tory talk as we've spoken <laughs> yes. about before. Yes. I, I do actually quite like it. I find it quite entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's powerful, isn't it? It is. It really is, and um, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. I watched this documentary with my mum, and um, it was all about um, children on the app because there is there is this um, as you get with loads of social medias, there is this. Um, kind of requirement security i say with yeah security of, yeah. i say with um quotation marks yeah. um but you just tick the box that yeah you just say you just tick it you say yes i'm 13 years old and has then you can go on and you can look at any- has, has anyone does no anyone one, obey no, the rules no one know? has ever gone oh. on the app and yeah. seen that said, no i'm 12 i won't <laughs> well I, I signed up after i was like 30 or whatever because mm. it only i only came out like yeah i only yeah signed up about a year ago yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's dangerous. It really is. And some of the content on it is just really explicit. 
but even yeah. even on all, all social media it's kind of it then it gives the mind the mindset so we yeah. see even like it influences politics it influences mm. social attitudes to stuff yeah um yeah. but i suppose it is if you are a, like a musician and your music becomes tiktok music you then suddenly get a wave yeah. of yeah. Uh, views and listens to it which yeah. i find and it's and it's people can control you know, this yeah. is the thing about social media now is people it can it influences people mm-hmm. to do things it and does. it controls people which is is serious isn't it and mm-hmm. it you know it takes people uh, it's like yeah it's incredible it's, yeah it is shocking well well i think i think that does make time for the airplane starts up Our recommendations. So, Elish, what would you recommend people watch, listen, do this week? Well, currently I'm reading a book called Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. And it's a best-selling feminist book that came out, I believe, uh, maybe nine months ago, I think. And it's already it's already amassed so much talk. And um, every everybody, everybody has been talking about it. Well... Well, may everyone that, <laughs> that I know, the kind of people that I know, have been talking about it, and it's am- it's an amazing read, honestly. I neglect to say I haven't actually heard of it. You haven't. I haven't. No, well, I, get, sh- I shall have a look. I walk shall have down look. to Waterstones yeah. later. Well, tomorrow, and get yourself a copy. It's you know, an amazing read. You, you recommend it, so you know I will have a look at that. Good, yes. good. I, I do like to read, read books it, of different. Will political Archie views. read it? That's that's the question. I don't think you no, will. No, I I, I, read, I do read <laughs> books of different political views. I have I have actually surprisingly mm. read. Uh, the Communist Manifesto, and I am going to read Das Kapital ah. by Marx. So it is interesting. Okay. How about watching? I am currently watching a series on Netflix called Lupin, which is French. It's about oh. a French detective. Yeah, it's all in French, but um, I'll, I'll put the British. You subtitles. can put the subtitles. Yeah. Like, you can. Oh. Actually, they've actually dubbed it um, with um, I don't like English the dubbing, words though. as well. I don't like. The I, 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 I love it. French is a beautiful language. I, I do. Lo- I love to yeah. listen to French and read the subtitles. Yeah. I don't have subtitles on anyway when I watch the phone. So do I, I, I yeah. Have, oh, I do yeah. that as well, just in case Old. I can't quite hear it. Yeah. Or I don't catch something. Yeah. Any listening suggestions? I, I struggled thinking about what to suggest for this. I mm, don't I'm know. like that with reading. I think we'll leave your listening suggestion at listening to this beautiful episode of Pizza Rabble. <laughs> I think that that is, yeah, overarching. How about you, Oliver? Well, for listening, another podcast, uh, and they are Alaman-based as well. Uh, it's called the M Word Podcast, which is very interesting. Mm. I'm mm. listening to a, a podcast at the moment. It's not necessary. It's usually sports influenced and about people's careers, and usually they're not involved anymore, and they talk about their careers. And but it also is about personal experiences, so there can be mm. they talk about. Um, drugs mental health and it's really interesting to hear people's stories and what's influenced them in life um and yeah watching wise i recommend you may watch the euros that are on at the of moment course. is uh, it coming home then is it coming home uh, there we are. it's not coming home it, it's not i'm not going to say anything you're not going to say what well, i will tell you what do our political viewers do say i did include it in a in our poll on our story yesterday uh we did see uh are very 53% said yes it is coming home they have national pride I think well you were included for that Oliver so we have your views <laughs> and, oh, okay, anyway. okay, okay, and, okay. and then we had 47 <laughs> no that it wasn't coming home I no. was part of the no yes I didn't vote because you know I thought I remained biased. impartial mm. uh, yeah but yeah I think it's probably the biggest sporting 
tournament to be going ahead post-COVID. Yeah. So. It's certainly not coming home for Scotland, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, England have still got to play them, so that would be quite embarrassing if England that, lose. That would, to... be, that would be entertaining, <laughs> indeed. Anyway, yourself, Archie, what are your recommendations of the week? Well, my reading recommendation is Africa, Uncle State's Ordinary Miracles by Richard Dowden. It's a fascinating book. He's a he's a inter- very interesting journalist. It's kind of his experiences in travelling Africa, teaching in Africa as well. Uh, if you haven't told, I am a fan of sub-Saharan African politics. So I did find it a fascinating book. Do give it a read. It's very easy to read. Um, and it's all kind of like, it's like memoirs of Africa. Mm. But it's also very informative at the same time. Watching-wise, I do have to highly recommend, if you have Amazon Prime, if not, go get Amazon Prime, Clarkson's Farm. Mm. Clarkson's Farm sure. programme. It is hilarious. And he's done a very, very good job. Even the, Even some Guardian writers actually like it, which, you know... It's Jeremy Clarkson's. He's done a good job. I was going to say, Guardian is it Jeremy Clarkson's yeah. farm? It is Jeremy yeah. Clarkson's farm, indeed. He he has good connections with Amazon, doesn't he? After his uh, well, yeah, because he, he yeah problems Amazon with the BBC. Run, yeah, <laughs> it. And then listening wise, I recommend you're dead to me, which is a history podcast for people who don't like history. Uh, that's their yeah. that's their title. I did think doesn't did, sound like some yeah. classical music. No, <laughs> no, I did wonder. I looked at that and I was thinking, yeah, you're dead oh, to me. Gosh. I do recommend it. it's on BBC Sounds. It's okay. very entertaining. Uh, he usually gets a historian. He, he's a creator of horrible histories. Or so. He's, mm. he's related oh. with horrible history. Worked with them, uh, and he gets a comedian and a public historian on, or his very an expert on topics. It's creates hilarious content. Yeah, so I do do high, highly highly recommend that. I think. Mm. So I think that actually wraps up under the hour today uh, with our topics. So I think yes. So uh, it is now time. Oh, sorry, we, we ended weirdly there. Oh. I think I've skipped out a section, uh, but we'll <laughs> go with it. Yes. So, thank you for coming on, Ailish. It's been <laughs> wonderful to have you Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And if you, anyone out there does want to become a guest on Political, do get in touch and we'll try and accommodate a topic absolutely so that concludes the brilliant podcast that we are of Pillars of Abel for this week join us next time for a discussion about the modern conservative party uh, leave a like subscribe and stay tuned for more and you can find all the previous podcasts on your favourite podcast providers do have a look and get in touch at Pillars of Abel on all forms of social media and let us know your views you've been Pillars of <laughs>